0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Safe Space. I appreciate you guys tuning in. This is going to be a fun episode. There's going to be no opening music or anything like that. Uh, I'm just going to do a fun little interview with my father, Samuel Joseph Tripoli, or as I was growing up, known as Big Sam, and I was little, Sam. Real quick, before I interview my dad, I want to tell you guys again. Please go, uh, you can pre-order my new two-disc CD, The Diabolical. It is available on iTunes right now. You just go put in Sam Tripoli, look for The Happy Baby, and you will find me. It's two-disc CD, I think you guys heard about. First hour is pure power, and the second hour is I'm fighting a drunk crowd. It's called Friday Night Late Show. It is a drunk, sloppy crowd. So please go buy that. And guys, the reviews are in people are loving dying laughing I'm uh, featured in the movie my I'll ask my dad about it soon uh, he came out it's available on every form of uh, on demand you can go to Apple you could go to Amazon you can go anywhere uh, if you go on iTunes you can see a couple clips they have a clip of me on there too I made uh, the clip to uh, push the the, sh- the uh, movie so uh, to help promote the movie so check it out super excited about it. And uh, yeah, that's good. So, uh, so thank you guys for tuning in. This is a very special episode. Please welcome to the show my father, Big Sam Tripoli. Hello, how are all of you? Uh, hi, Dad. How are you? I'm wonderful. So, Dad, this is uh, as you told me. This is the first time in your life you've been interviewed. That isn't in a job interview capacity. It's just like interviewing and just trying to get to know you. You've never had anyone interview you before. No, I have not. Now you've done so much things. You have done. Uh, you were uh, head of the bowling team. You co- You were coach of the high school bowling team. You helped with youth uh, sports and in, in uh, the hometown in Niagara Falls. And nobody
1: ever interviewed you? Nobody ever interviewed me, no.
0: So this is the first one. Yes. So uh, you came out to L.A. I've lived in L.A. for about 17 years, but this is the first time you've made it out, and I don't know why it took so long. Mm. I think it's because I didn't, I always had a weird living situation and this is the first time it was a, I have a a, a nice living situation so I was, I finally could get you out and so do you like L.A.?
1: I love L.A. So much diversity, as we spoke about earlier, so many different things going on simultaneously. You so really
0: m- love the transgenders, don't you, Dad? Oh, yeah. That's your favorite thing. I'm gonna propose to one of them. You you enjoyed me pointing out everybody is transgender everybody. out here. You like playing the game who has a dick? You enjoy yeah. that, right? Oh yeah. That <laughs> was the fun part, huh? Yeah, exactly. So uh, you came to L.A. You came to L.A. to see my movie. You came to you know. Uh, a Hollywood
1: movie premiere for Dying Laughing. Did you did you enjoy it? I, I have to admit that Dying Laughing movie was outstanding. I I really enjoyed it and it's uh, certainly something worth seeing. Uh, so you, you uh
0: it was cool to see your 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 young your your son on the big screen, huh? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm happy. We were able to find a flight right from Prescott, yeah. which is this little city in In northern Arizona, right?
1: Correct. Where it's like it it, it snows in in Arizona. It's very crazy. Yeah, it's very unusual. It snows uh, not dramatically, but you know we get one inch and they close the schools. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Well, you you want to get away from the snow. That was the whole reason I'm convinced you
0: you convinced me. You brainwashed me slowly to want to move out to Las Vegas so you could fly out there as a tax write off, and because you always said you got to get out of
1: the cold exactly exactly right now uh, i think what happens is that uh, compared to new york the arizona winters are a joke yeah they they close school in arizona if they have an idea that they may get some snow and if it gets to one inch they they freak half, out. They freak out, have a half a day of school, drive everybody home. But
0: I was there, yeah. and it, there was a lot of snow on the ground.
1: And that's extremely unusual. Yes. That's very weird. Yeah, so maybe we get 365 days in a year, and it'll snow maybe four or five times. That's about it.
0: And, and you're and you like, why did I move out west to live in the snow?
1: Well, not, I understand the proportion time of good weather is so much more than... The, the bad weather and the snow every once in a while.
0: So, Dad, you live with your girlfriend, Brenda. Correct.
1: And Bre- a lot of
0: people think I make a joke when I say this, but Brenda was once on Soul Train, right? She danced on Soul Train. Yep. She did the Funky Chicken.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Is that why you liked her? Because she used she could be a hot uh, like a hot booty dancer. Is that why you were into Brenda?
1: Well, I got into Brenda because uh, she was extremely attractive uh, physically. You know, yes, and that that was.
0: I didn't know you liked black chicks, Dad. I didn't I, think I didn't, you were into black chicks.
1: I, I wasn't until I met Brenda. Okay, honest.
0: that's cool. But you were always into Motown. I, I, I like you loved that. Motown at a very early age. I, I, at a very early age, I realized that wasn't normal not not bad not normal but like i don't think any of my other my other friend's parents listened to motown i knew that was very unique in that you enjoyed i mean basically was urban music for that time
1: exactly right i uh i enjoyed motown because it had such a great beat to it yeah and what happened is uh i kind of liked the way uh the people who listened to motown express themselves physically and verbally you know they were they were different
0: who is what was your favorite band from
1: motown i like the Temptations. you
0: love the temptations yeah. papa was a rolling stone right i still sing those songs this day from you playing it on the car on the car stereo and the, with your eight tracks i think we had eight tracks right. and then eventually went to tape uh-huh. but we'd always listen to Motown, and that kind of influenced me to get into hip hop and rap. Uh-huh. And I was liking hip hop and rap at a very early age. Uh-huh. So it, you were def, definitely a trailblazer in that day, Dad. You were you were what they would call a wigger before they had that. You
1: were into black music and black culture before everybody else was. Exactly. They. Uh, they Motown that I liked the Temptations. I still remember their number one hit ain't too proud to beg. It was just unbelievable uh, So dad, that,
0: uh, let's get into uh, we'll talk well, gonna, We're gonna start from the beginning. We're gonna work our way up our way to this movie premiere uh, And we'll, we'll have some fun doing this I'm, I've always wanted to do this with you. So I'm happy you're here <laughs> Um, so dad talk about me as a baby. what, what, what was I like as a kid?
1: As a, as a child, uh, I couldn't have asked for anybody any better. Somebody who was uh, obedient, somebody who was—I listened, you listened, yeah. And you, you were just great. Uh, there was no problem whatsoever.
0: Dad, you only beat me once. You didn't really beat me, but you only spanked me one time. I remember. Uh huh. And believe me, I, I would have kept score.
1: <laughs> would you? All right. The only
0: time you ever spanked me really hard was when I chucked Jason across the room. I grabbed him, and I just went straight for, like, Olympic-style sport. If if chucking your baby brother Uh. was an Olympic sport, I would have gotten gold at that time. Oh, yeah. Because I chucked him, Uh. and you just went – I remember you went nuts. Yeah. And that was the only time you ever went nuts.
1: Yeah, I tried to instill upon you and your brother that in this entire – world you only have one brother. Yeah. And, you and, always said that. And, and I always wanted you to understand that family was so important. And I wanted you and your brother to have such a bond that you could always pick up the phone and call him and, and you guys could compete together. It just didn't work that way. I I remember finishing the basement so you guys could have your private space and I ended up a referee. I used yeah. to go down there once or twice a day to stop one of you guys from killing each other. Yeah. Well, let's 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 set the record straight. Stop me from killing him. No, well, that's true.
0: I was undefeated versus my brother. <laughs> my brother never won a fight versus me ever. We used to make up fake wrestling organizations so he, so he could have a new belt, uh-huh. like he was the TPP World Champion, and uh-huh. then I would beat the shit out of him, and then I was the TPP World Champion.
1: Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, I just couldn't understand it because maybe i just didn't understand the perspective of it all well how you guys in my opinion had a decent place of your own in the basement with finished walls and your own tv and it was nice and warm and you guys were fighting constantly i used to have to open the door up from the kitchen say if i go down there i'm beating you both up
0: and you would come down in your underwear which is a common thing for you you like to walk around
1: in your underwear Uh uh-huh i I guess i'm going to get into therapy for that (laughs) for some strange reason I figured it was my house, and if I wanted to put it in wear my underwear only, I was going to wear my underwear only. <laughs> we'll get into more of that in a few. Yeah. So, um, Jason and
0: I—I was—I'm the older one. Jason's the younger one, even though people think I look much younger than him because I'm much prettier. I see,
1: and, but and more modest, you know. Yes, one hundred.
0: I am. Thank you, Dad, yeah. for uh, for getting for understanding that. Um, you grew up in Upstate. You grew up in Niagara Falls. That's true. Yep. And where did you meet mom?
1: I met my, uh, your mother at a uh, bar downtown where everybody used to hang. Was mama uh, a mama's mom's
0: dad was a, a police officer, Victor Bedorian. He was a police officer. That's correct. And so she was like this uh, a daughter of a police officer.
1: So she's kind of a goody two shoes a little bit. Exactly. Very. She was a very good person. She had so many good qualities. It was just unbelievable.
0: And you were kind of like a, a slicker, right? You walk around in your white t-shirt with your hair slicked back.
1: Exactly. Were yeah. you
0: a troublemaker, Dad?
1: Well, I used to go looking for fights. You, know? you used to like to fight. I used to like to physically get into it. In that part of the, uh, the state or city, uh, there was a pecking order. Yeah. And the pecking order dealt with uh, how... How much you could take care of yourself. Okay. And uh, I wanted to be number one in the city. Yeah. And uh, you, know, you wanted to be
0: the champ of Niagara
1: Falls. Right. I, I just love kicking people's ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah? You like to fight? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I couldn't wait to get somebody out in front of the... The name of the bar that your mom and I used to go to, or your mom, I, where I met your mom, was called the club. Yeah. And it was owned by an Armenian. Oh shit. Yeah. Eddie Gugashian, his name. Was
0: Eddie Gugashin owned the club, uh, and, uh, and that's where my mom hung out. Yeah, and uh,
1: that's why I kind of met her there. I kind of met her there uh, when she was uh, just hanging, hanging out, and I had noticed that there was a black and blue mic underneath her arm somebody
0: on her on, under, under her, her eye on under her eye hold on someone my mom had a black and blue
1: uh black and blue eye yeah underneath there yes. i didn't know that yeah that's how we met and what happened is um i walked so over you knew
0: she was a good listener is that what you're saying yeah, yeah. yeah. okay
1: go on and, and <laughs> what happened is uh i asked what was going on and uh she was reluctant, but eventually I got out of her that her boyfriend had hooked her with a right hook and and gave her a what? Black, yeah, gave her a black and blue mark. So I said, Ah, I can. Oh, acco- this is your end. Yeah, I can accomplish two things here. I can kick somebody's ass and and perhaps help this girl that I barely met, you know, at this this yeah. particular time. Yeah. Yeah. So I he walked by and I grabbed him by the neck and I watched the table, daddy and what happened is i brought him to your mom and i said i understand that something happened between you two guys is that right and he got a little nervous because he had seen me kick about 20 people's ass Uh, yeah and he thought that maybe he was the next one i was was hoping to do that and i had him by the neck you know holy Uh, what are you do transporter yeah right and what happened is uh There's a couple things I want to go over with you. Dad,
0: you were Liam Neeson before Liam Neeson in the movie Taken. You just fuck people up if they fuck with your family.
1: Exactly. I love that. And what happened was uh, I had gotten him over to speak to your mother. And I said, I want you to say a couple things to this lady. I want you to say you're sorry. And so he said he was sorry. I want you to say I'll never do this again. And then he said that. I said... I want you to let me know whether I should take you outside and kill you. I go, should I kill you and, and beat the shit out of you? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't do this again. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be looking for you every weekend. And if I see another mark on this girl's face, you can count your your days as numbered because I'm going to put you in a box it was just that simple
0: so you beat you beat the crap out of him here you gotta lift your mic up just i i i
1: I just gave him a taste i didn't i he didn't he said yes too many times to me so you gave him a taste of an ass kicking yes i gave him a taste of it yeah (laughs) Yep. i'm surprised he even did that to your mom because your grandfather was a cop and yes he could have your grandfather could have made life pretty miserable for him. Right. But I guess what would happen is that your mother wouldn't say anything to her father. Yeah, but when she came home, Grandpa had to be like, What happened to your eyeball? Yeah, and she made something up that was not true so that he would not go berserk on this guy. So you started dating there. How long did you guys date before you got married? Seven years.
0: Seven years? Yep. Yeah. Shed, did people hook up? I'm going to be asking you a weird question. Did people hook up? Before they got married back then, or did you guys all have to wait till you got married? That's the that's the belief. Is that
1: everybody had to wait to get married to get laid? Was that true? Well, uh, it depends who you're dating. Uh, yes. Sometimes some women were very much promiscuous. Yes. And some of the goody two shoes girls could not understand why these other girls who were kind of loose yeah. were were so popular right and, but eventually the light went on with some of them okay uh some of them waited for until they were married some of them d- were dating somebody and what would happen is they would uh, date for years before anything really physical would happen
0: so let me ask you something dad did you have to wait seven years before you mom hooked up no okay that's fine
1: uh, that's all right there's nothing was, wrong with that was my mom likes to be a little weird right it was only six years
0: oh she made you wait six years yeah I don't think that could ever fly today.
1: Right. I
0: think people like to test the car out, Uh, test drive the
1: car uh, before they buy. Yeah, and I think it's better that that way you guys are doing it. Yeah, get it early, figure if you like it. But, you know, I used that to my advantage to some degree when the fact that there was nothing physical going on. Yeah. I said, well, I'm sorry. I'm I'm a... an adult male who has certain instincts and drives and desires yeah and so what's going to have to happen is that if you don't want to do this until we're 85 i'll have to find somebody else so did you say that the mom yes You were like, hey, give it up, or we got to go? Or or I'm finding it somewhere. After six years,
0: you said that. You were like, well, maybe you were after a couple weeks. I mean, I'm not going to judge you. You were were a young man at that time.
1: With the testosterone level at at its peak. Ready to
0: beat people up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just like
1: to get physical, huh? I used to, yes. Uh, Very honestly, I've thought about that since. And I really feel bad about a lot of the people that I you beat, beat the, up? Yes, I do. Yeah. How bad do you feel? Well, I did. For it, it was, it vacillated from when i and immediately happy. I was feeling pretty good that it was another victory. You got your adrenaline was running. Yeah, and then after did a while, you ever lose a fight, Dad? No, Dad, you never lost. Never not once. I I did get one guy did tag me once.
0: And you were you were in what they call Queer Street where you're a little cuckoo? Yeah, a little bit.
1: And what happened is. Uh, it's it's strange how your family sometimes put things in perspective. Right. Two things happened that night. This right. guy tagged me pretty good. Yeah. And my eye was really in trouble. And then what I did is I went down to get some ice, and a, a lesson happened. Eddie, you learned a G- lesson. Yeah. Eddie Gugashin. Eddie Gugashian, owner of he? the owner of the nightclub, the yeah. club. He was in his office with the door open, so I was getting ice for my eye. And Why he, you were fighting? No, no. This is after. 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 And I was getting ice from my eye to, to bring it down, and Eddie was counting the money. Yeah. And the light went on. Yeah. Here I am doing all of his dirty work, keeping everything calm in in the place so that no— There was a fight almost every week. And you were bouncing for him? Yeah, I was throwing him. He he, he asked me to because I was getting in fights prior to him. <laughs> he said, you might as well do it— As, as a bouncer. Uh, but did he pay you? Yeah, yeah. Noth, nothing much. I right. Mean, how old were you when this was happening? 18, 19, 20. You were in the
0: bouncing at bars at eighteen. Oh, because oh. they didn't make twenty one until much later, right? Right,
1: right, exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so crazy. That's yeah. so crazy. So, Dad, so your mom, after six after six weeks, you got I mean six years, you get you, you hook up. A year later you get married. Yes. So, when do you decide to stop bouncing and start teaching?
1: Well, what happened is um I was going to community college right in Niagara Falls. And, and consequently, after graduating from there, the next question is, what are you going to do? With a two-year degree, was fine, but I wanted to get a four-year degree. So I transferred to the University of Buffalo, 22 yes, miles. right. So then I stopped bouncing there, you know what I mean? And, and this
0: uh, is during the 70s. Or right. This is late 60s, early, early 70s. 70s. Yes, correct. Were you with mom at that time? Were you married?
1: Yeah. No, we weren't married. We weren't married yet. We were just seeing each other. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she was pretty good about it i was just 22 miles away and and she hung around and i'll be very honest with you one of the decisions that made me marry her was the idea that this girl had waited for me all this time yeah and she and she was good she was good and i thought, loyal they're loyal
0: when the ladies are loyal you really appreciate it exactly exactly Especially, you know what they say about women today dad well, well, those hoes aren't loyal those hoes aren't loyal. Yeah, that's what they say. It. I, I believe They it. ain't loyal.
1: Yeah. I don't know whether that's good or bad, but the fact is that your mom uh, had a certain persona about her that she was a good person.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. That's yep.
0: great. So you go, why'd you become a, What were you thinking about? Were you thinking about being a teacher all the time, or did you want to do something else?
1: Well, what happened is uh, my two-year degree was in accounting. Okay. And I worked as an accounting in a, in a place and perhaps it was the nature of the job but it was boring. Right. You it need was, action. It was just me in the calculator all day. And that's not
0: that's not, not Sammy T's style. Exactly. Exactly. Were you still fighting in in college? Were you still no, dropping no. hammers or are those fighting days done? I,
1: what was, I was fighting when I was going to the community college. Oh, community college was like in they Falls. like the
0: rumble at the community yeah. college, but back <laughs>
1: at Buffalo University it was all like it was a different kind of a ball game at the community college. What happened is that there were people who were interested in improving themselves, improving themselves, and after classes and after work, I would go to the local restaurant called the Wedge, and there, what happened is it was a modern-day Walmart, meaning the Wedge was it, a modern-day Walmart. It, would, and it turned into a modern, modern-day Walmart. Okay, they, they would say things. Sam, don't you need a new suit for your job? Yeah. I'll have you one tomorrow. Yeah. And, Sam, you need four tires? Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Uh, it well, was
0: just uh, They were just hustling.
1: They were hustling, and they were stealing and everything else. But they, they would bring you whatever you wanted within three days.
0: Oh, that's great. So yeah. they were
1: shady. Yes, exactly. Were they Italians, Jewish? Italians.
0: Yeah. Atali- shady Italians. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yep.
0: And, and do you what, know any mob growing up, Dad?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: used to tell me a great story about how you used to deliver papers and what happened one day. Yeah, do you want Can to hear that? Can you tell that
1: story? Oh, yeah. What happened at 12 and 13 years old, I would be delivering papers, and um, I, I, the, my testosterone level was off the walls. You used, were just a bowl in a china shop. Yes, yeah, so and what happened is I would go to this one place. Uh, this guy's name was Art DeLuca. Art DeLuca. Yeah. And what happened was he was driving a brand-new Cadillac. He's living in a brick home. I'm living in an imitation brick home. Yeah. What uh, was the name of the street? uh, It was 21st Street and Pine Avenue. Was
0: that where Grandpa lived his whole life, where where we used to go? Well,
1: he lived on 10th Street, which was about three or four blocks away from Pine. That was Grandpa B. Grandpa T. He lived on on 22nd Street, which was two blocks away from Pine. Okay, so you moved. At I,
0: some point, you moved to another house? No,
1: no. Oh, you're telling DeLuca. My bad. Okay, okay. so DeLuca lives on 21st. And I lived on 22nd the okay. papers. So. Okay. And what happened, he says to me one day, Sam, and by the way, he was tip, tipping me equivalent of 10 bucks. So the last thing I wanted to do was piss him off. Right. He's so, your moneymaker. Yeah. So he would say, Sam, I'm going to Florida. Uh, for the next three weeks, don't deliver any papers. He would pay me in advance. He'd tip me in advance, so I wouldn't. He goes, I will call you when I get back from Florida. Perfect. So now, now this is a man who took the winters off to go to Florida. Yeah. To me, that translated into money. Yeah. He's driving a brand new Cadillac. And when I used He's to. Balling, no- that's what the kids call, it, balling. Yeah, yeah. And what happened when uh, I used to knock on the door to get paid when he was there, a different beautiful woman would answer the door half-naked.
0: Oh, and you were just 12 years old? 12, 13 years Boner old. Boner
1: city, right? Gi- Giant boners. Yep. I said, holy cut. This guy, <laughs> this guy lives in a brick house. He drives a brand-new Cadillac. He's boinking all these beautiful women. I think he's in heaven. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. He's loving it. Yeah. So what happens is he comes back. He says, Sam, you can start delivering again. Perfect. So I started delivering again. And uh, first week he pays me. And then after that, The papers start piling up. I'm saying to myself, I'm not pissing this guy off. Yeah. So I started delivering to his back door, his front door, and I can't even close the doors now because the papers are accumulating. Oh, my God. And I I can't figure this out, but I'm still not going to piss him off. Where's his caddy? His Cadillac is in the driveway. Oh, shit. So I knew he was home. So there was a time in life – there is a time in life when you ask your parents, and when you ask your parents what's going on, and I said, Mom, Mr. DeLuca is back from Florida. His papers are accumulating. Grandma B? Yeah. Grandma T. Grandma, Grandma T. T. His papers are accumulating, but he, he owes me a couple weeks for the papers, but I don't understand what's going on here because he told me to start delivering. He said, well, she said, did you read today's paper? And I said, no. It says, Well, today in today's paper it says they found Mr. DeLuca in the trunk of his brand new Cadillac. Oh my God! And what? Dead. That, they cut off his genitals. Cut his dick off and his and his balls. Cut his balls and dick. Put them in his mouth. Oh my God! Blew his brains out. Put his body and everything in the trunk of the car and locked it. So the only reason anybody found him is because he began to stink. Yeah, yeah. So they towed the car away and. There goes my big tips and my nice views on Saturday morning. Oh uh, really. So he's probably boinking in some mob guy's wife. Exactly. exactly. Or it didn't have to be a mob guy because back then for twelve hundred, you could have anybody killed. Twelve
0: hundred dollars you could kill somebody?
1: You could have somebody What's killed. What's that
0: equivalent to what today?
1: Maybe about five, six grand.
0: Six five grand you can get somebody killed. Yeah, I guess. I watch T V shows where they kill each other for ten dollars. So no. I guess yeah. $1,500, fifteen hundred, twelve hundred.
1: And what happened was, uh, it was strange because...
0: Yeah, but that sounds like a mob hit, Dad, when they're cutting your junk off and shooting you in the head.
1: <laughs> yeah, it well, was. well, that's where they got to do it. In other words, one of these women might have been a, somebody else's wife, and this guy's pissed off, and they're kind of upset and nervous about DeLuca because he's Italian, and he's kind of nuts also. So he, whoever this guy is whose wife is getting boinked, he had to have somebody do it, so he hired it out, like you and I were talking about. He farmed about.
0: it out. He farmed it out. Yes. And
1: they did it, yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember uh, at my grandpa's funeral, which was, uh, you know what's so funny? Uh. is uh, I remember every Christmas, we. I grew up in Cortland, New York. I've talked about this on other podcasts. If you listen to Punch Drunk Sports, which is my sports podcast, we it's called the six oh seven. You know, we get very there's a couple like big name MMA fighters who are from 607 Binghamton area oh, like really? yeah. the greatest fighter on the planet he's suspended right now but his name is John Jones uh-huh. he's from Binghamton Oh wow he went to Jason's strip bar one time No kidding And Jason hated him because he was throwing money on the ground and making the strippers grab it off the ground Oh I see And he thought it was degrading Oh uh, yeah
1: I guess it is a little bit yeah
0: You know it's it's hey dude it's money it's straight cash homie you know mm-hmm. it's like anyways so uh I always, I, you know, I always talk about Cortland, but Cortland was about two and a half hours away from Niagara Falls, or yeah. if my mom is driving, four hours away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. My mom had to do five miles under the speed limit. Right. That
1: was the rule. Right. She never wanted to get a ticket. Yeah.
0: So, like, it was 55 at that time. I remember when they bumped it up to 70, but it's 55, so she would go 50 miles an hour, uh-huh. which meant... It took us four hours to get there. Exactly. But I, I remember every Christmas, it was very, you would got, we would leave the day before Christmas so we could be in, in Niagara Falls on Christmas. Right. And you guys had convinced us that Santa Claus came a day early for us. <laughs> a day early for even though like, even when I believed in Santa Claus, the notion that this guy who has a huge day in front of him. uh uh-huh. Getting ready to service the world. Uh, right. Would would spend one day earlier running to 40 Mildred and yeah, Cartland. Yeah. 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 To, to um, give these two brats <laughs> their Christmas. But you know what? It, it was great, and I always appreciate it. We'd always drive there every year. We'd do it probably two or three times a year. We go winter, and we'd have to hear about it from mom about I'm getting so tired of driving in these winters. And then we do summers. <laughs> You know, and uh, Grandma T died when I was relatively young. She'd gone into surgery and didn't come out. Right. Which was sadness, and that was the first time that I felt
1: death. Oh, really? Which
0: was very... I Nobody died. Oh. Well, Mom had a cousin who died earlier, but I didn't really know him.
1: Yes, that's true. It was a boy. Yes, you're right.
0: And he, the name escapes me right now. Yep. I know who you mean. He died, and that was the first relative that died. But then, you know, the first person in your life who you love is usually your grandparents pass away. Exactly. Yep. So that hurt. But then Grandpa B passed away. And that was like devastating at that time because I was much older. Right. And I knew them. And he was like kind of the patriarch of the family. But I remember you telling me that like his funeral, a mom would probably kill me if I said this, but. I always thought it was such an interesting thing, you know, that, like, within any man, there's both a a good honorable side and a shady side, uh-huh. and that sometimes we get defined by our good side and taken down by our shady side exactly. instead of everybody just realizing we all have a little darkness in us and a little shadiness in us. And True. I remember you telling me that half his memorial, once I was – the Niagara Falls police department yep. and the other side was the Niagara Falls mafia. That's they true. They all sat out and cause, <laughs> you know, and, uh, I never judge it. And I thought, you know, I always felt there was a very fine line between walk between cops and, and, and criminals. Exactly. And you're right. You're and they're, right. they're both on. And you know, it's like, I'm not going to judge anybody. I, you know, my whole feeling is this. If you don't hurt another living being, you don't, Uh, steal from people and you don't uh, harm children that you could do whatever you want to. You Uh know, I think most crimes are just there so we can put people in jail so people in prisons can make money anyways. So we used to go there all the time. Um, So I get born. We move to Cortland. You move to Tully first, which is this really dinky town next to Cortland. Jason's born. Mom's having a kid. You leave school, you get fired from work for leaving too early because you just left and they fired you. So now you got two boys, Jason and I. How were Jason and I different as kids?
1: Well, I think. uh, Besides
0: one being incredibly good looking. Right. And the other one being genetic garbage. Oh,
1: (laughs) go on. Well, I I think uh, Jason was uh, pretty questioning and uh, he uh, felt that he didn't have to follow any rules and you on the other hand was somebody that I could talk to and somebody who understood that there would needed to be a certain amount of continuity in in our family life
0: well Jason uh Jason and I love my brother we we fight all the time but I love my brother I love him and I know you you know you love him too and uh, Jason in my opinion was and he would totally give a different take on this but I always felt he was the chosen one and not, not that you guys showed favorites or anything, but he was great in school. He was great at athletics. He had a lot of girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I will get into this in a little while. Like he was on a roll, you know, uh, he was, I tell everybody, Jason was the, we call him the, the Bo Jackson of white sports uh-huh. because he was awesome at bowling and he was awesome at golf. Like he was, the best in the state at both of those at one point, mm-hmm. he was just genetically gifted like that. Where I was, I flunked first grade, mm-hmm. and I don't really. I, I'm I, that doesn't. Bo- I do bring it up, but but it doesn't bother me. I remember at the time it was devastating, uh-huh. and it was rough. Even though in the long run it probably worked out better for me. You know, the people I grew up with are lifelong friends, and we're still friends to this day. But it was devastating. Why? I, why did you guys ho- help hold me back? Which I'm fine. Don't don't get like worried that I'm angry about it.
1: All right, I'm glad that you asked that question. Uh, this this was a debate that your mother and I had for some time. Yeah. Your mom at that particular point knew very little about formal education, and what happened was um, it came to us through your teacher that you should be retained. What what was the reason? Was it uh, that I was slow? No you were immature
0: what what did they say i was doing that was immature
1: well the, the fact that you were unable to uh keep uh your concentration for any length of time according to them uh you were having a little bit of t- a problem with grasping certain concepts and your mother and i had the hugest i mean you just fight about this and i said hey listen what's going on here is that your son it has not matured physically or perhaps uh, socially at this particular time, this is no reason to retain him. Oh, he's never going to catch up. He'll always be, be- always be behind, your mom says. Yes. Your mom says that uh, he will not be able to grasp. I said, no, that's bullshit. And she and I had the biggest fight ever. Yeah. I thought I thought you knew this. I, I knew a lot of it. I'm just so yeah. people can understand. Uh, I, and what happened is, we fought for weeks about this. I said, I don't want to retain him. He's going to hear about that for the rest of his life. His peers will degrade him. He'll hear all a crock of shit, and he doesn't deserve that. And I do know, as a teacher, that people uh, progress differently at different speeds yes. at different times. Yes. But I lost that argument. Did yeah, you... well, Dad, you're a man and
0: Mom's a woman, and uh, a smart man knows when to pick his battles, and that's probably was it the biggest battle. I'm gonna be honest with you, I never really heard anything ever about it.
1: Oh, it, really? That's good. I never.
0: I think because it happened. It, it happened in first grade, right? And I, it just never came up again. Oh, ever. that's
1: great. That's great. I thought that some of those kids that you went to school with. Uh, the first year of first grade we're going to let you have Nah,
0: it. i never heard one thing about it oh i'm so happy i'm yeah. very happy it is weird that you say like i, I i'm tr- i don't i have add like i still have add like a, a motherfucker i bet you uh, yeah you know it's like i bet you i'd be in programs i'd be in all this stuff
1: <laughs> but you have a degree now yeah
0: i do have a degree i got a degree but so, I, so you hold me back. At that point, are you looking for receipts, see if you can get return me back to the store and get store credit at this point? Uh, not at all.
1: Not <laughs> at all. Not at all.
0: When did you realize, I remember at around first grade, realizing I wanted to tell jokes as my life. And even though I didn't know what a job was uh-huh. or that there was a thing of stand-up comedy or comedy in general, uh-huh. I knew that's what I wanted to do right. from the start. So I was the first one who, like, I got funniest in class in sixth grade, and that today is still one of the, one of the funniest things I'm so proud about because I'm the only one who went, you know, in in Cortland, you know, the high school 7th through 12th, and I'm the only one who went to high school with the sole purpose of winning Class clown. Oh, really? That was my mission statement Uh right out the gate. Uh I never really gave a shit about school. I don't remember even doing homework. Uh One thing I do remember was when it was in fourth grade, I had to do a book report or a study. And you basically had me do a study on hooker chemicals. Uh Uh-huh because a lot of people might not know about hooker chemicals in niagara falls we'll do this real quick is that there was this giant corporation at a big factory there that made a lot of waste and they bought this land and buried all their toxic waste in the land exactly and then it's then sold the land and people built houses on the land above the toxic waste and it was called the Love Canal, right? Is that what it was called? Exactly, exactly. Hooker Chemicals and the Love Canal. If you want to look this up, you won't, but you can Google it, Love Canal. And they put houses on there and people ended up getting sick and children were born with birth defects and all that stuff. And you... You... You basically helped me write a report in fourth grade uh, about Hooker chemicals. Right. And I ended up getting an A-plus on that.
1: Oh, beautiful.
0: So yeah. you always really helped me with that. I go to high school. Uh, I don't I, – I, I. maybe I was socially immature. I don't know. I didn't date a lot uh-huh. in high school because I was a white kid who watched romantic comedies. Uh-huh. And they told white guys that girls wanted – to be respected and treated special and i started putting them on really high like um pedestals pedestals i put them on pedestals yeah and i overthought it as a high school kid okay and it to the point where it crippled my dating oh uh, yes at any point did you guys think i was gay no you never go how come sam's not dating girls
1: no i never did i, I had two
0: girlfriends for about
1: total of two weeks well, in high school i knew that you were somewhat shy around girls but i couldn't figure out why and in high school i i talk about this in high school being
0: funny isn't sexy yet oh, girls see. aren't attracted to funny yet
1: no not in high school you're right Corey
0: Spada once told me if she didn't she didn't know me and Corey Spada is somebody i went with to uh cotillion Uh which uh, if you don't have a cotillion in your high school is uh when girls ask boys to dances Mm -hmm. so i went to cotillion with her yes and she told when we're young she told me if she didn't if she didn't know me she thought i was retarded (laughs) really yeah so i i was very funny i was socially awkward i dated women that i thought would put out oh yeah from even though we grew up in a uh lift the mic up. even though we grew up in a cow country cow city we don't growing up i never thought Cortland was redneck uh-huh. until i left it
1: uh, yeah i, then I realized
0: it. there's like a th- like a thousand farms all over the place
1: exactly yeah
0: and there were cow crossings and, yep yep and, you know and it was very redneck but we had a we had a, a, a bad section of town right which was near the high school right it was, you, you literally go over the tracks right and South you're, in the, Avenue. Right. you're in the bad section of town yeah yes and i dated girls that were from there that i thought would put out uh,
1: yeah well that's not unusual and for they it. didn't that's not unusual for a teenage boy to date, date the loose women yeah yeah yeah
0: that's what i wanted to do but yeah. i so at no point did you think man this kid's not dating anybody
1: well you know i was wondering why you weren't but i understand that people mature differently yeah and i understand that there are certain kinds of personality traits that lend itself to non uh involvement with the opposite side yes and all that was fine with me you know uh, i didn't care you know uh, that was up to you yeah that was up to you if that's if you wanted to uh start dating seriously i think uh when i i look back at it uh in high school i only dated one or two people and uh you know what it was a serious thing i thought in my life you know to date somebody in high school but uh, you learn to grow out of those things yeah and you learn to understand that these are not permanent these yeah. are temporary. well it seems
0: like your whole life is when you're in high school yeah it seems that way and yes. you beat that into me that that wasn't and yeah. that's always something i was very thankful for yeah you've always you always dad told me to go think bigger yep I do regret, and we're kind of jumping forward here, but I do regret leaving home so quickly at 18 years old. Mm -hmm. But you instilled in me very early I had to get out of there and go west. I I don't have a lot of regrets in my life. Uh Leaving you a mom that quickly is probably one of the only ones.
1: Well, I I think um, that decision was made based upon the idea that in the long term – this would be good for you. Yes. Uh, I didn't want you to think that life was farms, cows, etc. Yeah, I wanted yeah. you to understand that the improvement of your mind was more important than anything. And I wanted you to understand that, well, hey, let's take a look at the West, and if you like it, stay. I think I remember telling you and your brother the same thing. And if you don't like it, come back to Cortland.
0: The, when Neither
1: I, one of you guys came back to Cortland for any length of well, time. Well, Jason
0: goes back and forth, and that's a whole other story, and he's a knucklehead, but – and we love him. Um, when I I wasn't a great student, Jason was a great student. Just ask
1: him. No, but
0: he was. He was a he was a good student. He Jason is very good. Him and I are very similar. He has he has uh, traits that I don't have, and I have traits he doesn't have. Tra- so. When did you go, oh, our kid might be a little off? Was there any moment where you thought, this kid isn't the price bulb on the tree?
1: Are you talking about Jason or you? Me. I never came to that conclusion. I never came to that conclusion because, fortunately, I had worked in education. I understood, even in the beginning of a school year, how a kid that was one of my students would grow substantially in maturity intellectually and, and personality. So I knew that thing was coming.
0: <clears throat> okay, I got that. I got that. I respect that. So dad, you were, were and we're going to move on from the high school days. You were the coach of the Cortland High School bowling team for like 3
1: years. That's true.
0: You were the you were the coach. You did it for free.
1: That's also true.
0: You yes. never got paid. Never. Never asked. And you we would have bowling day. We would have bowling practice where yeah. we could get out of school a little early to go practice our bowling. Mm-hmm. The greatest bowler was our family member, Jason Tripley. That's true. We come from a long line of bowlers. That's also true. Your father, yep, Joe, mm-hmm. could bowl. Uh he was bowl- He actually had a trophy that to this day, it's one of my other regrets. I never got that trophy, which is when he picked up the seven ten split. Exactly. That uh, was a big moment in our family when yeah. our when <laughs> well, people was a big picked big up the moment seven. For Joe,
1: yeah, Joe thought that was uh, uh, kind of like graduating from Harvard. Hey,
0: I think it was too. Yeah. I've never, to this day, seen anybody pick
1: up the seven ten split. That's true, ever. It's very, very, very unusual. You know, and Joe just loved the bowl, and he came from a family where the siblings were in two digits, so you had to do something to stand out. In this little town he came from, there was a eight-lane bowling, and it was very important to him to be the best bowler in this little town. Yeah. And then he moved to Niagara Falls. He wanted to be the best bowler in Niagara Falls. And, and bowling was a big, big thing.
0: Bowling is a big, big thing. Yeah. I love bowling. I wish I was in a bowling league <laughs> here. Everybody always wants to do it, but then nobody follows through on it. I'm going to do that. I'm going to yeah. follow through on these things.
1: Well, yeah, he, uh, he he used to bowl three or four times a week. That's how much he loved it. But, you know, that's fine Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I just wondered sometimes whether there was a little bit more effort on bowling and not quite as much effort on being uh, a, supportive. Uh,
0: uh, he was more in the bowling than being a supportive person? Yes. Yeah, I, I think I realized that later on in life. That grandpa wasn't perfect, uh-huh. you know. Well, nobody is. Yes, that's Both true. my grandpa, grandpas tried, and they were very uh, shady, uh-huh. but they were good people. Right. You know, not getting too much into all that. Uh, Jason was the number one bowler. You to this day still don't believe that he could bowl three hundreds with both hands, even though he confirmed no that
1: way. Yeah. No, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him ten to one if he wants to bet a hundred bucks. And he can bowl 10 games left-handed. I don't know if he
0: could still do it, but what people don't understand is that Jason, at even 14, 15 years old, was working at court lanes, the bowling lanes. But he was bowling right-handed, Sam. But he was there so much, I could see how he could eventually learn to chuck a
1: ball with a left hand. Well, let me just say this to you. There would be no reason why somebody who averages 200 at 14, 15, and 16 would want to start bowling left-handed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, there'd, there'd be no reason for that. It's not like he's in a major switch hitter. The yeah. lane doesn't change from right to left, you know, but uh, he was a phenomenal bowler. and He was
0: the best bowler. He had like a 250 bowling average. he? No. no, what was he?
1: Uh, he had a 208
0: average. 208? I don't know, Dad. I no. remember him bowling better than that, but maybe I'm wrong. You are. I, uh, I got voted – most improved because my bowling average went from 158 uh-huh. to like 180. Nice. Very nice. And my highest thing I bowled, I want to say is like a 278. Nice. That's the highest I ever bowled in my life. That's that's phenomenal. If you remember me, at, I still to this day talk about going to county one time. We went to county uh-huh. and
1: we just destroyed the other team. Oh, yeah. The Cortland Bowling Team was the best. We won the championship. Yeah. It was just unbelievable. I mean, the, nobody even got close to us. And uh, <clears throat> I remember how we decided who dis, who bowled the following day. We would have practice. Five, top five. Right, right. The top five. And if you fell under
0: 150, the next guy got the bowl for you. Right, exactly. And Chad Sincato wanted the bowl so badly, <laughs> I almost threw it. Yeah. And so it could go. Yeah. Cause he just wanted it so badly. But then I'm like, I don't want to take a break. Yeah. Tony Dorado did it yeah. when he wasn't in ski club. He did it too. Uh-huh. So yeah, man, dad, I got to tell you something. I was so proud of my bowling and so assured that I was the best bowler on my podcast. Oh really? Yeah. That I, a friend of my podcast named Ari Shafir, uh-huh. he challenged me to bowling. Oh good. And we did something called a bag of bets. Okay. And basically, we bet that he couldn't... Be, we started off at three times, three games. He said he could beat me once. And like an idiot, I let this motherfucker <laughs> get me to go five games. Oh. And you, that's where I fucked up. I got gotcha. you. And I lost on the third game. Oh, I see. And I had to watch two hours of gay porn.
1: <laughs> it was horrible. I imagine. I it was horrible Dad. Uh, oh, geez.
0: It was... uh, Yeah. Uh, we actually have a... There's actually a video you could watch yeah. of me having to watch it. It's traumatizing.
1: Uh, oh, I remember the time you beat me over there, and uh, you were going nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. I beat the master. Yeah. Oh God, you had a terrific time. That was great. The old I man. I shot about a two thirty. Yeah, something. I got gotcha. you. Two thirty or two forty. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's fine. That's why when I
0: lost, I felt I left. I let the family down. <laughs> oh yeah. So I go to I go to. So we're going back to school. I graduate. <clears throat> uh, so funny i called my we were talking about carissa taverone and her family and i'm like we should see how chris is doing she's friends with me on facebook we called her just to say hi and you told dana i called her
1: and i got in big trouble oh yeah see i never realized that first of all this is somebody you had a friendship with in high school yeah why that would be an issue at this because it's women
0: and women don't they assume everybody wants their guy's dick yeah. And everything's about dick, and that you're gonna cheat on them. That's women live in this perpetual world of fear that you're gonna cheat on them.
1: Well, uh, the question I would have to ask Dana. The question I would have to ask Dana is: <clears throat> Is it impossible for somebody who was a male to have a female friend?
0: She would say, "Yeah," but I.
1: But, she would say it is impossible. No, she
0: would say no. She would. She's wonderful. I if she. I'm a any bullshit i get from dana is completely deserved uh uh-huh. i have earned the right for her to because be suspicious of everything uh-huh. I, without getting too much into it so she's not the bad person I, I dana i love to death she's a wonderful person we've been together for a very long time so but we called her it was so funny and then she's like oh so you called carissa i'm like oh,
1: oh I, I didn't realize that would bring on it's that with it
0: so, Dad, I go to Vegas. Now, I go to Vegas for a couple reasons. One, I want to go to a place where I could do stand-up. I realized what stand-up was, and I want to do it. I, for some reason, I thought Vegas would be the best place to go. Mm-hmm. The other re- I went for three reasons. One, I thought it would be a good place to do stand-up. It is now. It wasn't then. I see. Okay. I initiated the whole scene out there. I don't know if you know It's about me. I oh. basically helped create the Las Vegas stand-up comedy scene.
1: Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Yeah, I didn't, one, I didn't know that.
0: I'm one of the forefathers of it. When I got there, there was an open mic every other week. Uh-huh. And now it's like there's comedy everywhere. Beautiful. Yeah, I started. You
1: should be proud of that.
0: Yeah. I am. I and we'll talk about that. And I went there because Jerry Tarkanian.
1: Was Armenian.
0: Armenian. And I'm half Armenian.
1: And it's not, he was a terrific basketball coach. A
0: basketball coach. UNLV had gotten huge at that point. Yeah. And the third reason I went is because you really wanted me to go to Vegas. Yeah. You really wanted it. And, and I think you wanted to go out there because you love casinos.
1: Uh, that's also true.
0: And you wanted me to get a house yeah. so that you could write off on your taxes to fly <laughs> out and take care of the casino and, and do both. Yeah. Yeah, not wrong with that.
1: No, I don't think so. No,
0: I, I'm very thankful, man. I, I got out west. I really... Enjoy being out here. I went to Vegas and, you know, at the end of the day, I started to, um, you know, live my dreams and I've had ups and downs, both, you know, uh, mostly self inflicted downs, Uh you know, partying too much, getting crazy. But, you know, I feel like I've done a lot for a kid who flunked first grade in upstate New York. To go out there and, like, I'm I'm a regular at the world-famous comedy store. I'm friends with um, some of the biggest comedians in the world. My podcast is well-known. I have a pretty well-known brand. You know, and I have to tell myself this sometimes because I, I beat myself up a lot. <clears throat> um, you know, what do you think of everything? Like, your son, for, for a, a guy who's very business-oriented... You, you and mom really didn't resist a lot on me becoming a comedian. I always appreciate that. There wasn't ever a push to go in the other direction, even though I don't think you guys actually knew what the business model of standup was, but you never really seemed to be like anti me doing this. Like I've heard horror stories from other people and their parents don't get it and they don't want them to do it and they're not as supportive out front. You guys were very supportive from the start.
1: Well, I think you deserved that. And and what I thought about is that uh, the only really important thing to me was your happiness. And in addition to that was you getting an education. Those are the two things. Now, if you enjoyed comedy, God bless you. That's fine. That's fine. I think that uh, one of the reasons I wanted you to go out west so that you can grow personally. I knew that. You would... (coughs) Run into people in Vegas that you would never see on yeah. Main Street of Coral. Right, and all of these are all learning experiences.
0: One time you flew out because someone told you I looked like a homeless person. At one point, yes, do you remember? I think that guy since unfortunately passed away. I forget what his name was. Right, but he uh, he saw me, and I, at the time I had very long curly hair. People don't people listening to this or my fans or people who follow my career don't know at one point I had very long curly hair. Right. With a reference you might not get, but I looked like a Jewish uh, Chris Cornell at that time. Long hair, big nose, Uh and, uh, you know, and he saw me because I I was a college kid and I dressed like a slob back then, Uh and you flew out to see me. Right. And, you know, I always was very appreciative of that. You, you have always been very supportive even when I worked at a strip bar you uh you were supportive of, of that too and you've always been supportive of me in 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 comedy and like you've you said something to me at dinner that meant a lot to me it was always about you know how you don't I don't realize how far I've come and uh, I, I appreciate
1: that dad well sure I think uh what needs to happen is too many times, uh, people judge other people by their standards. And that's something that shouldn't happen. Uh, I'm, I certainly realize that you uh, have accomplished a whole lot in your life. And there are other people who dream to have the life that you have. I, and as I kind of smiled when you were back in Cortland performing, because there are a lot of people there who uh, perhaps Want to remind you that you didn't make the basketball team. Yeah. But now here you are, a nationally known comedian. Look at me now. Yeah. You and, and I was so happy about that, Sam. Thank you, Dad.
0: I have done a lot. I, you know, I, I do bring up, I, I just, I was a square peg in a round hole in high school. I never really, there's nowhere to explore. There was only one teacher that ever was really supportive, and they were all great. I'm not saying they were bad people. You know, I'm very um, sensitive about teachers. You and mom, were both teachers. So I'm very sensitive about the treatment of teachers. I don't like how people treat teachers. We want better teachers and we don't want to pay them anything. That's been done systematically by the masters of mankind. I think they want a dumb population so they don't want to pay anybody to do the job. That's my opinion. So when I hear people get, you know, talk a lot of shit about teachers it upsets me a lot because i'm very yes. very pro teacher of course um, but dad you were always very supportive of me I, a couple memories i'll say about you i remember one time when i was about to leave to go to school to vegas that i was working at a gas station in groton yeah and the last day right before i'm about to leave there is a knock on the door and the sh- it's a sheriff from groton oh And the sheriff is like, hey, can we talk to your son? And I'm leaving the next day to go to college. Right. And what happened was, is that I had been accused of stealing money from this gas station. Uh And I didn't steal money. I might have been off. I might, you know, I might not, because of my attention span, I might have given out more money than I, I meant to do. It was off a little bit here and there, Mm -hmm. but I never stole my, I would never steal from a job that I have a little integrity. So I get called. The sheriff makes me go there and you come with me and you basically are my lawyer in this moment with this. So the cops there and the, the manager of the district, and he's coming in trying to drop hammer on me because he thinks I stole from his, his, his. Store and you start looking over all the paperwork, and you discover that the the all the write ups have been recently written. Like the person wasn't even smart enough to put fake dates. <laughs> yeah. On the write ups. I remember that. Yeah. So all the write ups were from that day uh-huh. in which he said I sold three or four times.
1: Right. Right. I so, remember that. Yeah.
0: While everybody else is playing checkers you're playing chess uh-huh. and you got me out of it because it was more than obvious that it was not it was it was a setup right, right. and this guy knew I couldn't fight this so he's gonna grab all this cash uh-huh. blame it on me and I got out of it right and I was always very very thankful for that
1: oh sure I still remember that and I'm very glad I could help yeah
0: it was uh I remember you doing that for me mm-hmm and it was very 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 cool and very so you came out and you saw my movie what did you think of dying laughing I loved
1: it I lo- absolutely loved it
0: it was uh very cool to see me in uh on the big screen right i mean like yes. i was very I-, I was very happy we could find a flight from you Radar prescott oh exactly i didn't know that prescott flew to i didn't know shout out great lakes airlines yeah for going Prescott to L.A.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. That's yeah.
0: amazing. Now we could do it more and more. Yeah, that's a drive, man. That is, that's is. Is a drive. And so we have. got you out. You came out. You uh, and we went to a mo- your first ever movie premiere.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Me, a bunch of the comics, in the movies, uh-huh. and all these um, and all these uh people who worked on the movie were all there, and it was very cool. A lot of a lot of L.A. ladies were there. Yes. And uh, what was that like for you, Dad? You know, it's like you've always been like you never were in Hollywood, but you were in Hollywood, now you're at a movie premiere?
1: It, w- it was very exciting, and I, I kind of liked and, and fed off everybody else's excitement. Yes. And it was, it was wonderful. And, you know, it, I thought that, wow, he has a lot of guts. He has a lot of guts to be up there and, and uh, going through this. And many of the people who are around me, and behind me loved what you were saying and it was funny and uh it was great i thought that was great and i also realized that some of the things that were mentioned in the movie is that there is the potentiality of you not doing good sometimes that's that's part of the game unfortunately and, bombing yeah bombing yeah and uh you know you did fine as far as I Dad, was i've been doing comedy for about 20 years yeah and uh, last
0: night, you came to Comedy Store for the first time. Right. It is, the, it is the mecca of stand-up comedy. It's considered the greatest comedy club on the planet
1: Earth. I know. That was great. That was
0: And great. I got to take you around, meet everybody. You oh, see yeah. my picture on two of the walls, my name under on oh, the wall at the bar. That
1: was great. That was... You super. know... Very like, proud of that.
0: That is the institution I've been at longer. I've been... Honestly... I've been at the comedy store almost as long as I lived with you and mom. Isn't that something? How crazy is
1: that? That is. That's crazy. But you loved it. You enjoyed it. And that's what's important.
0: Dad, I fucked in every room Uh of that place. How
1: great is that? That's great.
0: Right, Dad? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Just boning every, all over the place. Yeah. So you came in and the room was hot. You got to see Ali Wong, Uh Bobby Lee, Neil Brennan, all just annihilate a room.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: And when I went up, it was, I got to be honest with you, Dad. You've seen me a couple times in my life. And I always have good sets. And I always. Have fun talking about you While I'm on stage And uh-huh. you know I bring Brenda And I make some jokes About you banging black chicks And yeah. she always I think she likes it I no, don't know she,
1: She's always laughing Yeah She so, always enjoys yeah. it Yeah
0: So so I gotta be honest I was a little nervous man I kind of stumbled Out of the beginning Because I got very nervous I was like Because the main room At the comedy store Is just a Giant Giant room It's huge And When it's packed It's just it has a different vibe. There's a lot more pressure uh-huh. in that room than any other packed room I play. And is that what got you nervous? Well, you were there and it was a packed room. Oh, I see. Okay. And like the going up to that point, all the comedy is kind of what I call pop comedy and they're all wonderful comedians. I, I have nothing but love and respect for all of them. Their style is more safer than mine. I see. Yes. And I'm a I'm just a darker human being and oh. I've always wondered why I was a darker human being. And, you know, you have epilepsy. Yep. And I think, and I saw you have a couple, a lot of seizures as a child. Uh huh. And I don't know why, but that always uh, affected me. I'm I mean, sure you're a kid. Did. Yeah, of course. You know, and you see your dad having a seizure, and then the cops have to come. And then I just kind of got this weird kind of dis- disconnect. From pain in a weird way, uh-huh. from seeing that, yeah, and it always made me go dark. I, I always had a dark sense of humor as a result of that. I I don't know why that is, but I've always felt that was the jumping off point of that. Maybe it was. I don't know. I yeah, that's possible. I guess. So I've always had a dark view. Of, well, people call me edgy. I call I like to talk about real shit uh-huh. on stage where. A lot of other comics want to talk broad strokes and it's teach their own. I don't care. Some of my favorite comics are like Jeff Foxworthy, uh-huh. you know, Jerry Seinfeld, these guys who did kind of safe, lovable stuff and they were masters at it. Right. Whereas I like to talk about real shit going on in my life. Uh-huh. Um, so I kind of opened up and I just had this door guy who I, I almost beat the crap out of him after the show <laughs> because he told me I have the shortest fuse with a crowd. Uh-huh. like i yell at them a lot but the, he the way he doesn't understand is it's all scientific right i know what i'm doing
1: what's don reckles do
0: yeah right exactly i yell at them but i do with a smile on my face so right. they know and it's amazing when you just smile how easy it is okay if so we gotta wrap this up in a few but i gotta tell you i was a little nervous and for the first five minutes i felt it was like a little shaky, and I was very nervous because everybody was murdering up to that point. Like, not just having good sets, murdering. Yeah, like, I agree with Like, annihilating you. I understand. the room.
1: I understand that. Yep. And I
0: go up there in the first couple minutes because there's some dark shit going on.
1: Right, right.
0: You know, it's they're like, whoa, this isn't what we were. Because everybody literally was talking about, with the extended Bobby Lee, was, whose act is just about being Asian, and it's fine. Everybody else is talking about men and women, how men and women interact, men and women, men and women. Right. And I'm totally right. fine with that. Yep. Mine isn't like that. I'm just talking about, you know, like my retirement plan is win Powerball and oh, I know yeah. it doesn't sound angry, but where I go with it oh, right. or edgy yep. gets a little darker. But then I just decided to start doing me and I started laying into them and they loved it. And so they really did. At the the end, next 10 it. minutes, like I did 50 minutes. I, for about 10 minutes I just murdered this crowd. Exactly. But it was so nerve-wracking.
1: Uh. Uh-huh.
0: But I'm so happy that you were able to come out for the movie premiere
1: and come to the world famous comedy store. Oh, I am very appreciative of both of those things.
0: And I just cuz we got to wrap it up here. Um I'm very I'm sorry it took this long to get you out. Oh, really. You know I've been nick I dad I've been scraping by uh uh-huh. in comedy like sir I, I I wouldn't say I'm scraping by, but I sir I, I, I get my bills paid. Right. Uh, and there's not a lot of movement out of that. Now I you know, my my other podcast is very successful now. Good, great. You know, I I pay my bills off of that. Uh-huh. So anything else I do stand up wise is like just, you know, a blessing. It's like so I'm very I'm very lucky now. Yeah, and sure. I never really had a place for you to stay. Because uh-huh. I either had a roommate. Right. Or anything like that, you know, but it—it it was the time and the place. I'd wish I'd gotten you out here earlier. I'm sorry that I, I didn't. You know, it was fun to take you to Venice Beach so you could look at weird chicks and, you know, and all this crazy stuff. And it was like, what'd you think? You—I know you talked about earlier about how crazy was like being on Venice Beach and all
1: that stuff. Oh, it was very interesting to me because I could see that there were so many people with different perspectives on of on life. They were there, and what was going on is uh, they were all different. Uh, we have the guy who had a phenomenal body who was flexing a little bit. yeah. And, and we have some people. Some who, hot chicks were walking around. Exactly, yeah. And, that, you know, that's all part of life, I think, you know. I loved it. I loved the idea that I had an opportunity to be in L.A. with you and see a lot of different things.
0: I took you to the gay section of town. Yep. I, I and I pointed out transgenders to you. Right. Yes. And, that, and then I had you almost believe in everybody was transgender for yeah, a you second. Anybody who walked by I was like, "Can you believe that's transgender?" Uh, and you're yeah. like, "Were you questioning your sexuality at that point, Never. Dad? No. Never no. that you had, you were attracted to this transgender person walking by at all?"
1: No, I wasn't attracted. I, okay. was, I was just kind of interested in knowing uh, what's going on in these people's heads.
0: So let's uh. <clears throat> What do you think of today? We gotta wrap it up here, but what do you think of today? Like how open we are compared to like when you dated mom, you're telling she's Armenian. That was unheard of. Yes. And now you know you got interracial gay couples dating, and nobody thinks twice about it. And and what's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, my thoughts is that that's progress. I think that's what it should be about. My uh, I grew up with a a dad who was uneducated and only knew that the best people on the, the planet were Italians. no ifs, ands, buts, ors or no, and that I should be proud that I was an Italian. you know then I would talk to him about the Mafia and he'd get pissed off. but you know the, the point being is that there are people who are kind of wacky in both in, in, in both uh, nationalities.
0: Yeah, it's like it's so funny that Italians can't date Armenians or like the Irish couldn't date you the know Germans. yeah, it's so weird. And then you look <clears throat> back at all the shit, that you in your life, you know, um, and it's just it's it just makes me really laugh that how like everything you were told, uh, everything we we're told over time, <clears throat> interracial dating's wrong, smoking weed's wrong, you know, being gay's wrong. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh, uh, no, you're completely ridiculous. And at, at the end of the day, as long as you're not hurting other people or hurting children, right? Uh, you know, and stealing from people. Do whatever you want to do.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: It's your life, and whatever makes you happy. Sometimes I have to go, I don't understand that. I don't. It's not me. Understand what now? Like, uh, you know, like um, people on unicycles. Uh-huh. I hate unicycles. Right. I don't get why people have to ride fucking unicycles. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, I have to go, it does not affect my life. Exactly. In any way possible. Any way, shape, or form. I'm, I have a lot of transgender friends. Uh-huh. I just, you live out here long enough. It's going to happen. It, it it just, you it, you have a different view of gay people. I, uh-huh. I, Dad, I don't know if you know this, but I'm in recovery. Uh-huh. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. Yeah. I used to party a lot. I don't right. know if you ever knew that about me. Yeah, I did. Okay, but I did party a lot. Uh-huh. And I go to meetings and I go to several different meetings. One of my meetings is literally me and all gay guys. Oh, it's like literally all gay men and me. Uh-huh and i love every one of them they're the nicest guys in the world and I you see. listen to their lives they've been through so much shit in their life uh-huh. like the fact that they were like forced into like you know the closet and all that shit their treatment of their life and how people like find out they're gay and don't want to talk to them uh-huh. like it's
1: heartbreaking it really is
0: so then you live out here in a while you just realize people are people exactly right and it's really laid back and i'm very happy i always wanted to take you down san marco boulevard and just see how you would react to the whole thing cuz it's cuz you thought san francisco was gay and i'm like no uh-huh. Santa Monica Boulevard uh-huh. is the gay. It's the where it's, you couldn't get gay if you, and then my joke is you couldn't get gay if you were in a unicorn's asshole.
1: Uh-huh. I see what you're saying, yeah.
0: So you came out, Dad. You had fun. You went to Commerce Casino. You wanted to do that very badly. Yes, I did. And how was that?
1: That was good. I didn't win, but I had a good time. You and just Asians, a lot of Asians? Uh, the ta- table was loaded with
0: Asians. Just, are you having yeah. Vietnam flashbacks? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there there's not a lot of Asians
1: in Arizona, right? No, there isn't. That's so weird, right? It really is, yeah. That w- I have one guy at the poker room in Bucky's that's Asian. He's a cook. at a,
0: What do you guys call him, the donger?
1: No, no, no. They're pretty laid back. Yeah, I like him. He's a pretty good guy. Yeah.
0: Well, Dad, I've always wanted to do this interview with you. I had a great time. Can you believe it's over an hour? We've been just chatting. Shooting a
1: breeze for over an hour. That's well, fine. Yeah. Dad,
0: I, I can't tell you how much I love you. It means the world to me that you came out for this. You know, I've always tried to uh, you know, make you proud and, you know, do the best I can. I've made a lot of uh bad business decisions in life in terms of how to deal with people that now I understand that I wish I could have gone back and tell myself about. But as far as I gone, I've done the I've done pretty well. I'm very happy with my life and you know, and I i just wanted to thank you,
1: Mom, for everything you guys did for me. Oh, you're more, more than welcome. The only thing I can say is that, and I want you to still always remember this, you've never disappointed me, never. Well, oh, I love you, Dad. I love you, too.
0: Samuel Joseph Tripoli, thank you for being a guest on Safe Space. Oh, yeah. And uh, can't wait to have you back, and, uh, you know... Glad you came out, buddy. And uh, we'll do this again sometime. For sure, Dad. I love you very much. I love you, too. Bye, Bye. everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Next, I know you guys love also listening to Tinfoil Hat. This week, I'm very excited. From the higher side chats, we have Greg Colwood coming on, so it's going to be a big episode. You guys love Tinfoil Hat. I'm so thankful. It's it's an interesting podcast. I never know who I'm going to have on it. I get so nervous, and then somebody amazing just pops up. People love it. So, man, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope this wasn't too much inside baseball. But, you know, if you if you know me, you just learned a lot about me. So now you know some more. Your support is great. I love All, everybody who listens to this. Thank you guys so much. I know you can listen to a bunch of other things a thousand times. And you, the fact that you even check out just me talking to my old man means the world to me. I love you guys very much. And we'll uh, see you in a couple days. Take care, everybody.
1: Beautiful